You're listening to the Straight Shooting Radio Show on the AHP Digital Radio Network. Visit us at australianhuntingpodcast.com.au. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Here's the hosts of the show, Jason Selms and Mario Vladko. You're listening to the Straight Shooting Podcast here on the AHP Digital Radio Network. We're back with another episode. If you want to find out more about the Australian Hunting Podcast, go to australianhuntingpodcast.com.au. And if you want to contact us, click on the contact icon if you'd like to send us some correspondence. Or you can email me directly, australianhuntingpodcast at gmail.com. You can also join us under the Australian Hunting Podcast on Facebook, twitter.com forward slash ahpodcast. And if you want to download the podcast and listen to it, obviously go to the website or preferably go to iTunes for automatic downloads of the podcast and subscribe there. We're also available on Stitcher as well. So if you're anywhere in the world, you can also download the podcast and listen to it on Stitcher. So guess who I've got with me, uh, my little friend, Mars. How are you going, buddy? G'day, Jason, and welcome back, everyone, to the Straight Shooting Podcast. And before we do go on there, we do have the donations and the subscription link I just put on the website. So uh, if you want to subscribe to the show, a few bucks a month, a few bucks a week, or even just do one-off donations, you can go to the website on the right-hand side widget bar there and uh, go on a subscription. You know, it gets, helps us feed me and Mario, you know, because we're poor. And and you know we've got we've got to keep the lights on in this place and uh, get the trash taken out. So um, help us out. What do you reckon? Well, that's right, Jason. Uh, this is a wonderful show, and uh, it is uh, wholly uh, funded by donations. And we thank you for those who have donated in the past. But uh, to keep this great show going, we are hoping that more of you guys will uh, join the bandwagon and uh, put some donations. Fantastic, mate. The first one, we, we couldn't not go without starting this one first, which is uh, Barry Farrell steps down from the uh, premiership here in New South Wales. <laughs> well, this is a great win for shooters uh, at first, but for take of apparently not being aware that he took a $3,000 bottle of wine. Now, if I just say this for a second, remember a year ago he was talking a lot about governance yeah. and all this crap about keeping a tight ship, making yes. sure all the MPs were legitimate, and if I had a freaking time machine, <laughs> right, I would go back and remember all this stuff that he said, and then he gets caught... Yeah for taking a $3,000 bottle of wine. Now, a lot of people say, well, this isn't really corruption. Well, he, he was caught for accepting a gift, and then uh, he basically uh, did not tell the truth in front of an ICAC committee. Which, obviously, doesn't help. No. <laughs> <laughs> but what, 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 where, the funny thing is, I found interesting, is where do you think this letter came from? I mean, apparently he took uh, this bottle of wine or accepted this bottle of wine, uh, three weeks after he took premiership in 2011. So how can all of a sudden a letter... I mean, I reckon the letter came from the person that actually gave him the bottle of wine. Most likely. So, you know, the interesting part about this, I mean, obviously shooters think... I think this is a great win. I mean, at the end of the day, I think Karma has come back and bitten him, you know, on the on the bum yeah, a little yeah. bit. And I think that's a good thing. And I mean, whether Mike Baird's going to be any different, I don't know. But, I mean, just goes to show again, at least we've gotten rid of O'Farrell. But do you think this is really going to make a difference? Or Well, Jason, the, the big thing here is, uh, first of all, just to uh, elaborate a little bit on, on what happened, for those of you that don't know, uh, Barry O'Farrell accepted a very expensive bottle of Grange uh, I'm not sure. I think it was worth about $3,000, uh, Jason. It was yep. a very expensive bottle. 
uh, as a gift. And he even wrote a thank you letter and he signed it and everything. And uh, somehow he just could not recall this uh, event at, at an ICAC hearing. And uh, basically, he was called out for it because uh, a person managed to produce the thank you letter for the bottle of wine. And so Barry O'Farrell, to everyone's shock, resigned. And now the questions that I have is that how come the sudden resignation? What else is behind this gift? I mean, is he potentially running away uh, from uh, further investigations? And uh, really, it just shows that... uh, how many politicians have, uh, you know, bit the bullet, so to speak, and been busted for corruption? I mean, the corruption in New South Wales politics is rife, Jason. <laughs> I mean, honestly, are you... I know a lot of shooters aren't sad to see him go. So are you actually sad to see him go as the Premier of New South Wales? Well, I don't know yet, Jason. I'd, I'd like to reserve my judgment on that because sometimes, you know, you're better off with the devil that you know. Uh, I don't know how Mike Baird is going to be towards shooters. I don't know how his uh, new cabinet is going to be, whether or not they're going to be uh, the same old lot or maybe a new, newer, better version uh, of the same old lot. Yeah. Uh, so I reserve my judgment, Jace. So you don't know. We could, uh, we could end up with a better government, but we could end up with something a lot worse than good old boff. Well, mm, eh, here it is, right? Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. <laughs> You, Barry O'Farrell, these guys that introduced, you know, the uh, police minister, Michael Gallagher, that introduced the ammunitions bill, I mean, they know. They know these laws. I mean, they could possibly Absolutely. not know that these laws, that they know they don't work. I mean, it's simple course. as that. It's simple politics. That's all it is. They just know. So uh, this is the part that annoys me a lot about these politicians talking about governance, talking about we've got to get these guns off the street. I mean, even last night... A, Upon recording recording this show, I think it was April 30th, we're recording this show, 2014. Just last night alone, there was three shootings in Sydney. One in, I think it was Brighton, La Sands. One over at Punchbowl somewhere. And then there was another one, I can't remember. But but apparently, all three of these people actually know each other, yet none of them are now talking. Now, this is in one night. This would have been, obviously, the night of the 29th of April through to the 30th of April. Yet no one's talking. So these guys know these laws don't work. They know they don't work. They're wasting money on it. It's just crap. It's just rubbish. Absolutely. I mean, the ammo bill is not going to stop one uh, criminal being able to access ammunition or firearms. Uh, neither is any of the laws that we currently have, to be quite frank. And uh, and recently, Jace, also, did you did you see the large haul of fully automatic submachine guns that, that were uh, professionally made here in Australia that the police seized? Mate, these things are absolutely dangerous and uh, they... Rapid fire, something like about 50 rounds in a couple of seconds. And uh, these are the sort of things that the criminals are manufacturing now. I mean, why would they want to steal your rusty old bolt-action rifle, Jace, when they can make fully automatic weapons that fire 50 rounds just in a couple of seconds? And this is what we're dealing with. And it just shows you a complete failure of the gun laws. What annoys me, though, is I've written to... Uh, the police minister, Michael Gallagher, uh, three times. This was last year from, I think, September. And I got a a response back from his parliamentary secretary, Jeff Provost, saying Mm. uh, he'd look at my letter and he would respond to me in due course. Now, I sent two more letters. So that would be three letters so far. Two more were saying, why haven't I received a response? Now, these are politicians, obviously. They don't want to really respond to me. After that, I then had to go. I called them three times at their office as well, saying, where's my response? And I keep getting the cold shoulder and the shift off the phone. I then had to go down to my local member, uh, John Robertson, who is the leader of the opposition here in New South Wales. I 
put all my letters, uh, all my correspondence back from that Jeff Provest in a envelope. Yep. And then he's actually written to Gallagher on my behalf, and I still haven't had a response. And I got the yep. response from John Robertson probably about three and a half weeks ago. And we're still waiting, you know well, what I mean? Well, Jace, if I may say so, I mean, not getting a response is pretty much common practice. I mean, politicians don't want to hear what you have to say, uh, quite frankly, because uh, they've got the, they're running their own agenda, really, and they don't want to hear what the people have to say because that's just a bit of a nuisance to them, really. Uh, but eventually, you know what, if enough people write in, eventually that it's something that they can't ignore. And that's what I like to uh, ask all you guys out there, if you haven't written to your local politician yet, if you haven't written to Tony Abbott, please write a letter. Write a simple letter and let them know how absolutely uh, disappointed you are with their performance and that they're simply not standing up for the rights and freedoms of ordinary uh, people in this country, especially law-abiding firearm, firearm owners, and they need to really step up to the plate and start uh, supporting our rights. Well, the good part about this too, about O'Farrell stepping down, was you know, everyone knows the Environment Minister, uh, Robin Parker, has been, uh, would you say, uh, Mars been sacked from the position as the Environment Minister. Now, we all know, well, this is alleged, obviously, that the National Parks Association had the Minister's office on speed dial. So good old little greeny Robin Parker has yep. also been uh, removed from her position as well as the Environment Minister. So, man, really, this has been great guns, uh, no pun intended, for, for uh, since the last <laughs> couple of weeks this has happened. Well, uh, yes, uh, but Jason, I'm, like I said before, I'm waiting to see that uh, who's going to uh, be in place uh, of her and I'm waiting to see what sort of result is this going to be for shooters. Now, I don't think it's going to change any outcomes regarding national park shooting. Um, I think that that's something that's going to run its course for the next three years. So I don't think we can um, really uh, count on any changes there. But uh, Jason, you know what, regards, uh, regards all that, I'm just looking forward to the 2015 election, mate. I seriously hope that the people out there will get behind pro-gun parties and I want to see more representatives in parliament. I want to see more pro-gun politicians out there that have been put on notice uh, by all you law-abiding firearm owners and I want to see some real changes, some some uh, solid positive changes to our firearm laws here in New South Wales and across the country. But let's, let's be honest, Barry O'Farrell's gone. Robin Parker's gone. It yeah. feels good. It feels good. Oh, look, it, oh, feel, it feels good. Absolutely, Jason. It feels good. I mean, he's dotted us so badly, this uh, Premier. And uh, this is a little bit of, uh, I guess, payback, even if it's not from us. You know, I mean, if he, even if it's by his own hand, he's uh, pretty much uh, fell, on, uh, fell on his own sword. And uh, you know what? Uh, good riddance. He was a bad Premier anyway. Well, folks, it's also uh, that time of year again, uh, April. 28th every year gun control advocates samantha lee samantha lee uh the fernando daughters well one of them anyway yeah gun control f uh, for the port arthur massacre martin bryant uh killed uh, was it, i think 35 people yep. uh 24 uh injured people uh during that uh episode now <laughs> and uh gun control australia jason always use this opportunity every single time this year to try and push for further restrictions on our firearms. And you know what, Jace? The only, questions that, the only question that I have to ask is, for how long are the law-abiding gun owners going to keep paying a price for the actions of one madman who has absolutely nothing in common with us? And I mean, 
this is just going too far, in my opinion, Jace. And this Gun Control Australia mob have really gotten heaps of mileage out of the out of this tragedy that's happened in Port Arthur 18 years ago. And they keep bringing it out every single time this anniversary comes up. And you know what? I think people, are, a lot of people out there, not everyone, of course, but a lot of people out there are getting sick and tired of it. It was a tragic event. It happened a very long time ago. And constantly we're being reminded of it every year by this mob. And every year this mob is trying to inflict more damage onto you, the law-abiding firearm owner who has absolutely done nothing wrong other than follow the law, really. And for some some reason, you need to uh, have more controls and more strict rules put upon you. It's an absolute joke, Jason. I'm really sick of this mob. Yeah, I think it's been... What would it have been now? This is, what, 96? It has been 18 years. It should be the 18th year now since uh, Port Arthur. And every year they come out with the same stuff, the same issues. These people don't really care. If they care... I, mean, if, you know, if they, I think if they cared about these people, why on earth would they just trot this stuff out every single year, every year, year after year on the anniversary yeah. of Port Arthur? I mean, it's just... But this sort of segues actually into... Uh, the next issue with gun control uh, Australia. Everyone knows uh, a few, well, I think it was five or six years ago, I think, yep. uh, the Fernando sisters and the one that's still alive, a shaman or shaman, shaman, yes. I think her name was. The sister, Michelle Fernando, has actually teamed up with Gun yep. Control Australia to make a video. And it's interesting mm. because the video is unlisted on YouTube. And it's not actually live for a lot of people to see. So I'm not sure who eventually got the link, but we've actually seen the video, uh, which is pretty sort of, you know, damning against shooters, uh, hassling out Roy Smith from the Shooters and Fishers Party, uh, the Shooters and Fishers Party doing apparent deals uh, with the state government on shooting. And main was uh, Section 6B, which is try shooting. Yep. Now, for guess for people that don't know, uh, Sham, Sham, I think Shaman or Fernando, uh, Shaman Fernando went into a gun range. She went and did the try shooting. She stole one of the firearms and the ammunition. Yeah, she broke, she b- broke the law, basically. Yep. I mean, you know. And she went to uh, back home, shot her father in the head twice. Yep. Killed him. Yeah, so obviously not a good thing. Well, Jason, look, this is a tragedy, and I really feel sorry for the family. But look, let's look at the facts. I mean, she broke the law. I mean, it's like blaming... It's like going into a supermarket, stabbing yourself with the knives on display, and blaming the supermarket for having knives on display. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous um, how they can pin this on gun owners and rangers and just the gun-owning community in general, uh, is beyond me. And uh, it just shows you the, the level of disgusting, um, I guess, um, antics that the gun control lobby yeah. uh, is willing to get, get up to just to try and further their agenda. And they never use facts and figures. They always use uh, tragic events and emotions to try and push their agenda. Nothing is uh, based on facts. And uh, and this is one uh, particular situation yeah, where but they knew though they yep. knew right one obviously they knew she had a mental illness. Now they've yep. said in the video that if they'd have done the checks and balances, but they didn't have to because of the section six B of the firearm laws, which just try shooting. So you don't have to do, you don't have to get sure. a license. There's no mental health checks. But even if you go to do a police check, that is not a mental health check unless she'd been known to no. police before. That's uh, based on something to do with mental health. So that's not necessarily a reason. How would they have known about it unless they were aware of her, some actions previous yep. uh, to going in there? Uh, and obviously, again, she answered the questions. Did she have a mental illness or was there any issues? She answered them no. Well, that's right. She was being dishonest in, on the forms. But more to the point, Jason, I think her family knew uh, that she had a mental illness and they also knew that she was going to the gun range. I mean, at what point... 
does or she had been to a gun range. Or she had been to a gun range. I mean, at what point does the family uh, in general take some responsibility uh, for uh, this tragic event? I mean, why didn't they do something? Why didn't they act? Why didn't they call the police? Uh, look, to blame this on gun, like I said before, to blame this on the range or the gun owners in general or gun uh, associations, uh, it's an absolute beat up. I don't buy a word of it. And uh, to be honest, Jace, judging by the amount of uh, people that got likes on the Gun Control Australia Facebook page, the, the, the public just doesn't want to hear it. They're not interested and Funny they're, how they're, they're not buying it. 160 people, I think it's 161 on Facebook. I mean, it's really the gun coalition of no one. But why do they get so much airtime to them? I mean, they're always on 2GB, 2UE, Samantha Lee. They're always on these uh, uh, radio stations. And let's be honest, people are sick of it. They're, yeah. they're nobody. They're nobody. Well, Jason, look, this mob, I want to know who they're funded by, okay? Because this, this mob is similar to other mobs in uh, other Commonwealth countries and United States who are constantly pushing for more and more control. I'm pretty sure, uh, and this is alleged, that this mob is funded by wealthy politicians like Mike uh, Bloomberg, for example, in the United States, George Soros, all these people that want uh, universal gun control. They want universal laws put onto everyone so that people are much more easier to manage. And uh, Gun Control Australia may be uh, part of this group. I certainly don't know who pays their bills, and I certainly don't know how they manage to get all of this anti uh, all of this uh, anti gun rhetoric onto the media from uh, this sympathetic leftist media that we have in the country well apparently they are the go to organization i mean obviously they're always appearing on these radio shows they're always getting airtime so uh, i mean listen they're pretty much nobodies but the question i want to know is why did she why did the daughter what, what was the issues within the family? This is part of it too. What, what were the issues in the family that she needed to shoot her dad in the head twice? You know, what was the issues there? How does this... And why haven't they looked inside the family? Why blame law-abiding shooters? I mean, don't get me wrong. The rage is obviously at fault for not managing the firearm as well, not making sure it was safe and not knowing until a later date that the firearm had actually been stolen. Now, people can say it was paperwork, which is fine. It's obviously not... This is not a good thing. No, absolutely not. Uh, look... This woman obviously had deep mental issues, Jason, and anyone with deep mental issues is likely to do something crazy, whether it be with guns, knives, baseball bats, whatever, throwing themselves off a bridge. You know, um, at what point are we just going to accept the fact that, look, she had a men- mental health issue, she broke the law, and uh, the unfortunate result was, you know, she ended up killing her father. Seems like they've never, ever blamed her that she had a mental illness, it's uh, someone else's fault, which seems exactly. to be the Australian well, way. Of course, you know, it's, it's, no one ever takes responsibility in Australia. It's always someone else's fault. And, you know, I'm sick of it, and I'm sure the vast majority of level, clear-thinking people out there are sick of it too, and they're just not buying it, Jason. Yeah, exactly. All right, we've got our apathetic shooter segment. <laughs> da, 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 da. Oh, All right. no. Apathetic one, shooter. Yeah, we've only got a couple today because I found uh, some this interesting one. We might actually talk about one in particular as well, but uh, there's a, a group going around, uh, Mares Against, what is it, the Alliance of Guns or something along the line, or Mums in Deme- Ma- Mums Ma- Demand. Mares, Mares Against Illegal guns. guns. That's it. And it's mum- funny how Mares Against Illegal <laughs> Guns are trying to grab the legal guns. 
<laughs> yeah, and then and then mum's on demand. Anyway, so on my Facebook page, uh, Michael, one of my uh, admins, which is doing a fantastic job for me, posted uh, her salary is zero dollars, which is this lady Shannon from Mums on Demand. Basically, they want yeah. gun control. So Shannon says. My salary is zero dollars. Wayne is Wayne, which is means Wayne's Wayne LaPierre. Wayne LaPierre from million, the NRA. Yeah, he's paid millions of dollars. What NRA pays Wayne LaPierre to sell guns? Now, on the bottom of that, it says, which is totally why she merged Mums on Demand with Mayors Against Illegal Guns just weeks before she had to file a Form 990, which would have made all of MDA's, Mums, Mums Demand Action Against Firearms, income and expenditures public record. Then it says, yeah, that's the ticket. Now, the interesting part about this is one person posted here on the bottom, to be honest, I would like to see more hunting talk and less politics on this site. Mm. Now, that's one of our resident people on the site. We, know, we probably know who that is if you're listening to the show. We won't name them. We won't name them. But we've got another one here. This one uh, I find really disturbing, especially after all the work myself and a lot of you shooters out there have been doing. It says, I yeah. agree. And these are law-abiding firearm owners, by yeah, the way, that's guys. right. Uh, I agree. The NRA are a bunch of crazies. And I have mm. traveled to the States and I have seen their culture in action. We do not, under any circs, which means circumstances, want to be America. Ever, in capital letters. We have the right gun control here, and decent people who want to bear arms and do the right thing in Australia are able to do that. Oh, well, this yeah, decent people who want to bear arms. First of all, Jason, this, this twit, okay, doesn't understand what bear arms means. It's to be, to be armed, okay, to be able to carry a firearm on your, on your person in the streets, uh, that's what bear arms means, and uh, he's saying that we have, you know, we can bear arms in Australia. Well, it's just, it's just ridiculous. We can't. We don't have the right to do that. And uh, for this person to say it, obviously he doesn't understand what he's saying. And this is a law-abiding gun owner, and he's saying, oh, you know, I've seen their gun culture. They're a bunch of crazies, and we're like, we don't want to be like America. Oh no, we don't want to be like America. We don't want to be the most powerful country in the world with the most amount of innovation, with the most amount of freedom. You know, we've 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 liberty. Like, we've with the liberty that most countries, you know, envy, you know what I mean? We don't want to be like that. Sure, America has this problem, but freedom is not free, okay? There's always some price to pay. And unfortunately, in a country where you have freedom like America, you always will have, especially when you've got 300 million people in a country, you always will have some sort of crazy person that will do something stupid. And uh, look, it's something that can't be avoided. And should we take away the rights of all those people just because a couple of crazies do the wrong thing? No, absolutely not. Freedom should be fought for. And uh, a lot of people paid uh, with their lives to fight for this freedom and to suggest that we should take it away from people and they're a bunch of crazies. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I don't know where these law-abiding gun owners in Australia come from. I mean, obviously, they bought a lot of the, you know, misinformation from the media, hook, line, and sinker, Jace. Yeah, obviously, too, the NRA had their uh, NRA members meeting, and I've been posting a lot of the stuff yeah, on the, Facebook. Yeah, the annual rally. That's right. Uh, Wayne LaPierre spoke, Chris Cox, etc. Sarah Palin, which, you know, yep. me and Mario had, he reckons it was great. I reckon it was okay. It wasn't... Some yeah. issues. Uh, many issue many other prominent politicians uh, were at the NRA Sheriffs. convention as well. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, law enforcement as well. Yeah. Um, uh, NFL football players. Anyway, my point is here. Yeah. I got a message from someone that said, um, that sent me a private message saying they no longer uh, liked my page anymore oh. uh, because uh, of all the NRA rhetoric, rhetoric, however you want to say yeah. the word. Yeah. And they were basically unliking uh, my page. So uh, I guess. 
uh, we get these comments like we just read up before that gun control is great in this country that apparently oh, it's worked yeah, it's fantastic we know the gun sure. uh, crime uh, was falling long or you know long before port arthur ever happened so you know anyone that says otherwise is is a bit silly and saying gun control works here is completely ridiculous we spoke a lot about this about registration uh in a previous yep. podcast which we are going to touch on again today yes i'm but, uh, i'm definitely going to recap on a lot of the registration stuff and i think it's very very important jay sorry to interrupt you there but uh, I, I wanted to touch on that while it was fresh in my mind it's very important for us to educate the young up-and-coming shooters these days that don't know a world outside registration to make them understand why registration is such a bad thing and we need to try and fight to abolish it. Yeah, no, you're right. And, and people say, why do we post the NRA stuff? Because if you look at uh, their speeches, they're yeah. fantastic. They're hard-hitting. Mm-hmm. They're really fighting for our, for their, for not only for their freedoms, yeah. uh, but yeah, for for us. yeah, fighting for the liberty to own firearms. Not, it's not, just a bit, not even about guns anymore. It's about no. the whole thing about government control. Yeah. Well, Freedom already, of speech. We, we already seen, was there, there was an issue. I don't know the exact part of the story, but the, uh, in Nevada, there was a rancher. And remember, yep. the rancher had issue with police. They wanted to, you know, his cows were grazing on uh, yep. public land, which probably comes into a bit of a gistment. A <laughs> <laughs> good old gistment. Yeah. And uh, they were trying to take, basically, they were going to come and take his cows away, which I think there's about a thousand cows. Again, this is all alleged at the moment. Um, and guess what the Americans did? Which, again, there was another quote on Facebook with where people didn't like that, but people turned up uh, in their hundreds uh, with their AR 15s. Uh, to go yep. on this ranch's uh, guy's land yep. uh, to say, listen, uh, pretty much don't come on here anymore, otherwise <laughs> it's going to get a little hairy. And there was exactly. a bit of a standoff, but I think between, was it the ATF or was no, it was uh, public land? What's it called? Can't remember. I'll follow up on the yep. At the end of the show, I'll put it in the podcast show notes. But uh, they're the guys that look after basically the public land. The BLA, that's it, BLA, that's it, BLA. BLA land. Yeah. And uh, they were basically enforcing... Uh, by getting those cows off uh, that state-owned land. Yep. So, and guess what the people did? They took AR-15s. They're like, nah, we're not putting up with this. You guys aren't ruling yep. us. We're not doing anything wrong. Uh, but if you come on yep. our land, things are going to get hairy. And luckily, there was no uh, standoff. No shots were fired. And you know, I think parties went away. Maybe not, not so amicably, but it would have caused an issue if there was a gunfight, I can tell you. Exactly. Uh, and this, this is regarding the Bundy Ranch, Jason, and uh, this was a prime example of the First and Second Amendment in action. This is where the public stood up for their, for their rights. They, they spoke freely, and they defended their rights with firearms, and the government basically backed down for now. Uh, but there's two sides to this story, Jason. Um, you've got uh, a dispute on whether or not uh, uh, the Bundys uh, owe, owe the government any money uh, for, yep. the, the, I guess, the grazing uh, rights, uh, who they owe the money to. Does the government have any legitimate right to this uh, money? Uh, the Bundys have been on this ranch for 100 years. They've been grazing, and now all of a sudden they're saying that the cattle are threatening some... Uh, I don't know, some turtle or whatever it is. So they're trying to get rid of him under some environmental guise. Obviously, the turtle is more important than people and their livelihood. Um, so, and, and then also there's another side story too, Jason, that the land is, uh, is being, um, I guess, sold off to Chinese developers to create a massive solar farm. And uh, this is some, some sort of deal that's been made, apparently, allegedly, by American politicians. And that's one of the main reasons they're trying to get rid of uh, uh, this guy from his ranch. So there's, there's a whole bunch of things going on here, Jace. But at the end of the day, what really matters is you've got a, a massive show 
of the First and Second Amendment on display. The people stood up. They said, no, we're not going to take this crap from the government. Who do they, who do they think they are? And, uh, you know, the people are the government, not these goons. The people are the government, and the people rule the country. And they stood up for themselves, and you know what? They've won this first battle, Jason, and good on them. Yeah, and I know we post a lot of stuff on the pages about uh, the NRA because, uh, frankly, I, myself and Muzz, frankly, like what they've got to say. We enjoy their passion uh, for freedom, liberty to own firearms. And, again, it just seems to be lost on some people here. People don't realise, Jase, especially law-abiding firearm owners, how closely linked our freedoms are to the American freedoms. I mean, the Americans defeated the British in 1776, and that put an end to British tyranny pretty much worldwide because everyone who was under British tyranny had a, had a country to go to where they could be free, which was the United States. And the British could no longer exercise their tyranny on other colonies. So they, have to, they had to give people a certain amount of freedoms. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why we have some of the freedoms that we enjoy today. And I don't just don't understand how people, especially law-abiding gun owners, don't understand this. It is America's freedom... Uh, that's pretty much, uh, I guess, brought on the freedom culture throughout the rest of the Western world. And uh, we should, you know, look look up to Americans. You know, sure, they've got a lot of crazy stuff going on there. Sure, you know, there's a lot of crazy people and, you know, all that stuff. But there's also all the good things. I mean, all the things that we enjoy today, the internet, Google. I mean, all the technological advances throughout uh, the last hundred mm. years. We don't want uh, their firearms, but we're happy well, to take their iPhones, you know, their exactly. PlayStation. Yeah, we're Xboxes. happy to watch their TV shows and their movies. <laughs> You know, we're, ha- we're happy to, you know, watch all that. And, you know, uh, look, I think American culture is fantastic. And, you know, and it do- doesn't mean that we should abandon our own culture, but there is nothing wrong with adopting a lot of the freedoms that Americans have. Let's be honest, though, right? Here it is. <laughs> if the Chinese came tomorrow <laughs> and we're going to squash us like an ant because we've got a very, uh, I would say, piss poor, but we've got, we've got a good army, we've got a good navy, we've got a yep. good air force, they do a great job. We've got great soldiers, you know. There's no <laughs> doubt, Jason, they're some of the best soldiers in the world, but like I said before, there's just not enough of them. That's right. And if you go, if the Chinese came and decided to invade us tomorrow, the first thing the Australians, the politicians would be doing would be, hey, US, hey, uh, yep. England, uh, please get over here and cover our yep. asses with your firearms and your planes and your ships. Yeah, well, you can forget about England, Jace. first of all. I think they'd have trouble defending themselves. Uh, you know, they're not the superpower they used to be. Uh, but uh, look, in terms of... be asking of, them for help, put it well, that way. Well, absolutely. Our security depends on the United States, no question about it. And uh, to anyone, anyone who thinks that it's not true, I mean, really, you need to wake up and smell the coffee. Uh, if, you, if one day, God forbid, the United States should not be able to defend us, uh, you know, then I would I dare say that there'd be other countries that would be seeking to take over this country and uh, to you know expand their own empires, and that's when we'll be in a lot of trouble. And uh, you know, if you got to realize that we rely on the United States for a lot of things, we rely on a lot of their culture, uh, which we've uh, adopted as our own, and we rely we rely on them for our defense. Anyway, that probably finishes off uh, our apathetic uh, shooter segment uh, here on the Straight Shooting Podcast. Well, we didn't have much uh, uh, yeah, much to much. talk about, Jason, but uh, we're hoping hoping to get a few more things for you listeners next time. But uh, to be perfectly honest, uh, there's a lot lot less stupid comments out there <laughs> on public on on uh, on social media. Why? Because a lot of these comments are getting shot down 
by uh, very rational arguments and uh, these people are starting to realise that, you know what, uh, maybe I'm not really right on this. Yeah, and we, we know we're going to lose a few people uh, based on things that we post, but, I mean, we're just trying to spread the word on firearms, hunting, shooting, freedom, uh, liberty to own firearms, and yep. you know, that's just what we've got to do. But you know what, Jason? Even if we lose these people, you don't never really lose them because these are the sort of people, the, the ones that don't understand freedom, and I don't hate them, I don't begrudge them, not at all. But let's face facts. If they could buy an AR-15 tomorrow, they'd be the first ones in line. Let's face it. Let's face it. They'd be the first ones in line to have a crack at some of the new firearms, and you know that's what makes makes me a little bit sad, to be honest. Uh, You know, I guess the hypocrisy of what they say. Right. Listen. Let's say there was a couple of guys, right? That we've we've seen on the Facebook page that are pretty much staunch getting our right uh, our rights back pre nineteen ninety six. Now, let's say tomorrow the government came in and said, "Hey, listen, you can yeah AR fifteens, SKS, whatever." You know, back pre-1996, how long do you think these people would actually crumble before uh, you'd see, you know, they've got a few photos on Facebook of their little pump shotgun or their little AR-15 or AR-10. How long do you think it would take before they succumb to the pressure of buying one? You know what, I reckon you can count to five and they'll be pretty much made up their mind that they probably (laughs) want to get one. And uh, they'll probably want to get one just for the sake that they can own one and they're law-abiding gun owners. And why shouldn't they own one? I mean, they've been vetted by the government. They're responsible so I don't see a problem with it. Anyway, we're just going to go to a quick break. Uh, we will be right back here on the Straight Shooting Podcast here on the AHP Digital Radio Network. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Well, folks, it's that time of year again. HuntFest is on in 2014. What is HuntFest, you might ask? HuntFest is New South Wales's biggest southern hunting exhibition. Huntfest in 2013 and 2014 had to rally the Naruma Council to allow Huntfest to go ahead for a second year. Even beating the Greens twice at Council continue the rich hunting culture in Naruma. On show at Huntfest this year includes firearms displays, 3D archery shooting, hunting and camping equipment and much, much more. Huntfest will also be running their very popular photo and video competition again, so make sure you get your entries in early. Exhibitors on show in 2014 include the Shooters and Fishers Party, Abella's Gun Shop, the Australian Deer Association, Sporting Outback Supplies, South Coast Hunters Club and many more. If you'd like to be an exhibitor at Huntfest in 2014 and support the hard work of the organisers at Huntfest, then call Dan Field on 02 4473 7035. Dates are 7th and 8th, June long weekend. Naruma Sports and Leisure Centre, right next to the roundabout. You can't miss it. Costs are $10 for adults and children under 16 free. For more information, go to huntfest.com.au. Huntfest, the place to be in 2014. Welcome back again to the Straight Shooting Podcast. And a couple of weeks ago, we were discussing registries. Yes, we know these registries yep. are a complete waste of time, complete waste of millions and millions of dollars. We know countries like New Zealand. Canada have uh, gotten rid of their firearms yep, they've registries. Abandoned them. They've abandoned them because, in fact, they've never solved one crime. As I said before, when I've written to Police Minister Michael Gallagher here in New South Wales, uh, asking for a public benefit analysis of the registry, which uh, seems to have never been done. So no. why not? Uh, can they give us a list of uh, crimes that have been uh, stopped by a, a registry? They can't. So Mario here, sorry, Mars, I should say, has gone through a couple of pros and cons 
uh, about registration, uh, and he's going to go through them right now. So well, take it away. Yeah, then that, thanks, Jason. And uh, just touching on that, what you said that they've never got, gone through um, the benefits of the gun registry is because I think they've worried about what the results were going to be. But anyway, uh, look, I've uh, taken the time to, uh, I guess, compile a list of pros and cons for the registry. And the main reason I've done this is I just want to recap on some of the things that we discussed in the last episode of the Straight Shooting Podcast. And um, mainly, this is for all the young shooters out there. And I'm really concerned with some of the young shooters because they've really have, a lot of them have bought into the lie that, oh, registration saves lives and it's good and it keeps you safe and all this, you know. Uh, rubbish propaganda, really. And I just want to really reiterate this, and I, we can't say it enough, So, because we need to try and educate the people out there on what really is uh, going on and uh, why uh, abolishing the registry is a good, good thing. Now, uh, to be fair, I've written some of the pros, the good things about the registry, well, so-called perceived good things, okay? And this is what people are saying on social media. So, that, so these these are the good things, are they? The, the perceived well, benefits. You know, a lot of people say that these are good things. I mean, I would argue that they're, they're questionable, but I'll let you guys decide. What's number okay, one? Well, pros, okay, so when going to a domestic violence situation, the police through the registry have advanced warning if there are guns in the house. Right, so okay, yeah, the police arrived to uh, a domestic violence thing. Okay, they're saying, okay, this guy's got guns in the house, so they're going to approach the situation with caution. Right, I mean, I would say, Jason, they would approach the situation with caution anyway. Yeah. I mean, uh, if a person is saying that they've got firearms, they would, I guess, go into the house. And if I guess if the person is not holding any firearms, then he's not really a threat, is he? No. Or, or she. So, um, I mean. I can't see how having this information serves any value other than the fact that I guess if this guy is being or a woman is so being done. So let's say he doesn't have any guns, but all they don't know in the system, he's got no well, registered legal guns. He might have an illegal gun. Well, he, so could have, he could have an illegal gun, so that might even give them a false sense of security to the police, right? So it's questionable whether this information is actually quite useful or not. Okay, let's just say, for example, they do find guns on this person and, you know, they seize his guns and uh, then all they've done really is taken away one means for this person to uh, cause some sort of physical harm to their partner. And, I mean, if someone wants to kill someone, Jason, they don't need guns. They can do it with a knife, a cricket bat, a hammer, all sorts of power tools. I mean, uh, really, there's a thousand, a thousand ways. Like to that guy throw his missus off a balcony. Well, you know, you, know, you, can, you know, there's a thousand ways if you're really determined to kill someone and taking away someone's guns is not necessarily going to stop that. So I question the value of this information uh, for police if they're going to a situation. So that's one of the pros that people think it's a pro, but I would argue it's not uh, really. Uh, the other one is, Jason, um, if someone has committed a crime and is wanted by police, then the police... Uh, have the ability to seize his or her guns. So if you've gone uh, on the criminal side of things and uh, you're wanted for a hit and run or, um, I guess, uh, a violent uh, bashing or possibly armed robbery or whatever it is, if uh, police (laughs) find out who you are and they actually find out that you have registered firearms, then they can come to your house and uh, seize your firearms. Now, I mean, what would be the benefit of this? Okay, Say, for example, you know, you're criminal and uh you've gone on the other side of the law 
you have registered guns, people, uh, police find out who you are, they come to your house, they take your guns, you're not home. I mean, you're a criminal, aren't you now, Jason? You're gonna you've find, stepped over. You've stepped over the other line. You're going to find means to get illegal guns, which we all know is quite easy in Australia. Yep. I mean, how is that going to prevent anything, really? Okay, they're going to take away your legal guns. Fair enough. <laughs> They've just taken away some, one one of your means to cause harm to others. It doesn't mean that you are uh, you know, unaced, unable to cause any harm to others. You're just going to get illegal guns or find illegal means to further your career in crime, I guess. So how is this? It's questionable how it uh, you know, helps. Um, this is some I research I want to do for the next show, actually, yeah. too, is... I, since I've been into this podcast and hunting yep. and shooting, I don't know anyone that has used their own yep. legal firearms yep. uh, to miss to sorry commit some sort of atrocity against somebody or uh, crime or crime or yep. you know hold up a rob a bank yep. uh, uh, shoot their wife or girlfriend. Actually, that's an interesting point, Jason. I don't I don't actually remember. I don't really recall, and please, uh, guys, if you do know of a situation where it's happened, I don't recall where a law-abiding firearm owner has actually used registered firearms. And shot their uh, own wife or brother, sister, girlfriend on purpose. Like Again, we're, we're, we don't know. We haven't done the research. So if, if there is something on there, please share it on the Facebook page so we can have a look at it. But nothing rings my bell. Yeah. Uh, that's ha- happened probably since yeah, 1996. But then they say the Martin Bryant case, again, same thing, was you know an under a shady deal yep. uh, to acquire that firearm as well. So. Well, okay, so I mean, they're the pro- they're the pros, I guess, Jason, of uh, having. <laughs> no, I can't really think of any more really than that. But That's I, because I, there but, aren't any. But to to all you listeners uh, out there, if you can think of more, please send them in. We'd love to hear because uh, I'll be. Well, I want to listen to both Australian sides of the story. Podcast at gmail dot com or click on the contact icon on the website. Thank, Thank you. you very much, Jason. Now we're going to the cons, the bad things about registration. So listen up, guys. Okay, these are the bad things about registration, and some of them may not have been as obvious to you um, before. So here we go. The bad thing, the number one bad thing about registration is too many people have access to your information on your weapons and their location. And that includes people in the firearms registry, police officers, and uh, so on. And this is a bad, bad thing because the more information out there, the more likelihood there is that it will get in the wrong hands. Isn't that right, Jason? Yeah, and I've also heard too uh, from a, quite a number of shooters that uh, uh, police volunteers, people mm. that aren't even being paid, are uh, ringing around law-abiding firearm owners to arrange inspections uh, for their officers, or say their officers because they're, they're not even officers themselves, yep. but to arrange officers to go out and do uh, inspections yep. uh, of firearms. Why on earth are volunteers have access to this kind of information? Preposterous and reprehensible. Oh, absolutely. And that goes on to my second point on the cons of registration, Jace, is police officers, right, who you don't really know, are basically invading your privacy at home and possibly compromising your information again now jason i like to stress like i always do the vast majority of police officers out there are good yeah okay and we support them but let's face it they're only they're humans you know what i mean they're, they're susceptible mm. to all sorts of uh you know um i guess uh criminal activity if they turn to uh, you know go on the other side of the law and uh, they're only human and they can make mistakes and make bad decisions. And the fact that, you know, you've got police visiting your house, che- checking out your house, 
uh, checking out your firearms. Neighbours are also seeing people with the police yep, come na- to your house. Neighbours see police coming to your home. They don't know what's going on. They don't know if you're a criminal. If you know exactly if you if you've got uh, some sort of issues that neighbours become worried, especially if they don't know you very well. So I mean, it's a massive negative. Um, and also, how do we know he's not down the pub that night, for example? Just talk. Oh, I saw this guy. Oh, he had a great collection. And you know, someone yeah. he's talking to might be even. They might not even be unsavoury, but just hearing that information, could yeah. they could say, "Oh, we could target this." And again, illegal firearms are worth a mozza on the uh, black market because again, prohibition yeah. doesn't work and drives up the prices of exactly. these illegal firearms again, exactly, and it makes a huge market for it. So go on the next yeah. one. Yep. Okay. So the next point is okay. So police want to trust want us, sorry, to trust them and uh, trust them with the information as they keep saying to us on, um, I guess, the media releases. You know, they're saying that, oh, yep, the uh, information is safe, uh, the firearms registry has not been compromised, even though there's a lot of sus evidence out there to suggest that it has been. Uh, so police want us uh, to trust them and to trust them with the info, but they refuse to trust us with our own guns. And this is, you know, <laughs> I mean... It creates an us and them mentality, and as you know, Jason, trust is usually a two-way street. Um, it's like, yeah, trust us, but we don't trust you. Yeah, yeah, I don't even know what to say about that one. You know, I mean, what really, do you do? they don't want to. Really, they don't want us to have firearms. Period. Well, of course because, not. Because again, that's freedom, liberty, yeah. uh, and they want you to be pretty much helpless. And we've seen how people being helpless has uh, attributed to people getting attacked in the streets, getting attacked in their own homes. We can't even have them for self-defense. No. But what's the next one, mate? Yeah. Well, uh, point number four. Okay, is the high cost and the bureaucracy involved in maintaining records to the taxpayer? For the questionable, for really the questionable benefits at best, uh, for maintaining a registry. Well, I've never heard of any benefits. The the, the police oh. minister won't write back to me with any benefits of the firearms registry and what it achieves. You know, for even public safety, what does it achieve? How much money they're spending? Exactly. I mean, there's a lot of young lafos out there that think it's saved, you know, heaps of lives. I mean, how are you going to prove that? Prove to me how the firearm registry has saved lives. I mean, it's, uh, I, I, it's it's questionable at best. Let me give you a good one, though. People will say, well, this is the one I get all the time. Well, there's been no massacres. Therefore, the mm. these firearms laws have worked. We now, we know it's a crock of crap, but yeah. what, what would you say to that? Well, Jason, there's absolutely no way to prove whether we, if we hadn't done anything at all after Port Arthur that we would have had a massacre at all. And, the, and the, the reason why I say that is because there's many countries around the world where uh, they've had uh, tragedies like we've had and they haven't succumbed to the pressure of, uh, you know, uh, in- installing more firearm laws. Uh, a great example is New Zealand. They had a massacre back in 97 and they didn't uh, succumb to the pressures of John Howard. He was trying to get them to go the Australian way of firearm laws. No, they held on to their freedoms. Mm, they told him and, to jam it. Yep, and they held on to their freedoms and uh, good on them. And they haven't had a massacre since and they still got all their semi-autos. Yeah. Canada, also another country, Jason, they still got their semi-autos and you know what? And uh, they've held on to their freedoms. Freedom is something that's worth fighting for. You don't just give it away just because you've hit a, 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 I guess, a bump. You know, a bump in the road. Yeah. You know, and, and and I don't I don't like to cheapen the lives of the people that have been lost. Uh, but you know what? Uh, the people who are law-abiding firearm owners should not be continually paying the price for the actions of a madman. Yeah. The, the best one, the funny one, I believe here is. 
right? Let, they, they, they think you can't get access to these firearms. So let's say someone is uh, committed to performing one of these uh, heinous atrocities, right? Yep. Now, nobody woke up one day that thought, well, I'm going to kill this specific person or these many people. Then they scratch their, you know, their, their chin or their forehead saying, well, hey, you know what? Oh, I can't get my hands on a pump shotgun or yep. a semi-automatic shotgun. I'm or, cured. Yeah, or an AR-15. <laughs> you know what? I'm cured. That's it. You know, I'm not I'm, crazy anymore. I'm not crazy. Yeah. I'm going to get my clothes, make, take my packed lunch and my yeah. uh, can of drink, and off I go to work. And you know what? I'm pretty happy, and I'm not crazy yeah. anymore. I'm sure of, glad the government has cured me of my insanity by banning a particular rifle. Yeah. Who, whoever <laughs> thought in their lifetime, hey, I'd be thinking, if obviously, if I was this, but what else can I use if I want to commit this crime? Whether they've already got uh, illegal firearms in their possession, a knife, a bat, whatever it yeah. may be, uh, you know, throw them off a cliff, whatever it may be. I'm saying no one ever thought, hey, I'm cured. You know, just I think totally stupid, ridiculous. These politicians yeah. know it, and it's just stupid. But go on. Yep. No worries. Uh, okay. So we've got. Uh, uh, let me see here. Uh, point number five. Okay. So the cons on firearms registry is having to put a licensed dealer or or police in between every transaction that you make on firearms creates unnecessary burden and compromises your information again. And it adds to the cost to the law-abiding firearm owner. So that's a massive con. I mean, uh, you know, you've got to put the police and, uh, you know, a, um, a gun dealer in between every transaction. I, mean, I remember buying firearms prior to 96. And the only law was is that you've got to make sure that you're selling your gun to a law-abiding firearm owner, a licensed owner. If you're selling your someone who hasn't got a license, well, you're, then you're breaking the law. And, you know, yeah, but the, didn't you know there's no illegal guns out there? Oh, this, of course not. 1996 solved all the problems because there's no yeah. illegal guns because oh. we were made to hand them in. And, of course, everybody handed them in. Oh. <laughs> well, you know what? <laughs> uh, we, we were free to trade between ourselves, between law-abiding firearm owners prior to 96, and that's how it should be in a free society. And now the ammo bill, too, about having to supply your license, uh, sorry, no, your license, your address right. details yeah. to a dealer. So yep. this also, again, opens how can we trust? I mean, yeah, they're working at a gun shop. Doesn't mean we yeah. can trust them. Exactly. You know, they might know you, know what certain firearms you've purchased from the shop previously, maybe any pistols, and they've got your address. There could be 10, 20, 30 employees working there. Exactly. Exactly. So you've got people from the firearms registry, you've got police, you've got gun dealers, you've got all these people that have got access to your information. I mean, do you really feel safe? I don't think so. And we've seen the three shootings just overnight, the ammunition's built. Yeah, that's that's done a great job. Yeah, no, What's the absolutely next point, mate? not. Okay, yeah. Well, the obvious reduction of our freedoms for good law-abiding people. I mean, having this massive oversight on government is a massive reduction on your freedoms and it pretty much says that the government doesn't trust you yeah okay you're a good boy and everything yeah you, you know you've never broken the law you've been a good taxpayer you work hard and everything but we don't trust you okay and it's just ludicrous um government needs to build trust with its people and the best way to do that is to you know you, you have to if you want people to trust you you have to give trust and, uh, you know, this is something the government has failed miserably. And I think trust needs to be restored between government and law-abiding firearm owners. Okay, so the next point, Jason. Police and the government have the power to seize your guns that you worked hard for and lawfully acquired. This goes against all the ideals of a free country. And we've seen this example in Canada, Jace. Don't think for one second 
that the government is going to compensate you for firearms that they may in the future decide to ban. And when and if they do ban it, they'll know exactly where they are because you've got registration. So really, they have the right for you to you know to, to forfeit uh, the items that you've legally and lawfully acquired and that you've enjoyed uh, lawfully for many, many years. And uh, it's just wrong. The government should not have this power. But even with shooters, right, even shooters agree... Uh, so some shooters, they, they're a minority, but they agree we shouldn't yeah. have our rights back. So I guess my question is, why even amongst shooters or even the general public? <laughs> I had this conversation with a guy, uh, my employment, uh, a, few weeks ago, a few weeks ago, and he says, well, yeah, you shouldn't have them. And I said, well, mate, it's not up to you. It's not up to you. Who, who yeah. cares what you want? Why even amongst shooters is there a mistrust of even their fellow shooters? What, or, or is it they don't trust themselves? Well, this has been uh, created by uh, government, Jason, and uh, by particularly John Howard, uh, mainly because he has uh, really done a great job of uh, creating, uh, I guess, such a disdain, a distaste, I guess, yeah. a distaste amongst uh, the people of Australia for uh, for firearms. And it really shouldn't be like that. We should not be running away from our freedoms. We should be embracing them through education and uh, and also uh, through knowledge of uh, our rights and you know our rights as free people in a free country. So that's basically it, Jason. And also the very last point, Jason, on the cons on firearms registry is that the criminals have no such restrictions and they never will because they operate outside the law. So the firearms registry does absolutely nothing to take firearms out of the hands of criminals, Jason. So my question is then, why on earth... Do we have this system spending hundreds of millions of dollars well, for yeah. a complete waste of time that doesn't achieve anything in reducing crime? Well, like I said before, Jason, it's not about gun control. It's about people control. And I certainly hope we've done a good job at educating all the young, young shooters out there and making them realize that freedom is worth fighting for and that uh, freedom comes with responsibilities. And I think we should be in a country where the government trusts its citizens. And, uh, and at the moment, the government... I just think, how dare they? How dare they tell me... I mean, if I'm a law-abiding fireman, how dare they tell me, oh, we don't want you to have this firearm or you, we can come into your house pretty much at any time they want. Obviously, they've got to make an appointment to come in. We want to look at your fire. I mean, what a complete waste of time that is to come and see if I've got my firearms yep. sitting in, in a, a safe. I mean, I've never heard of anything more stupid in well, my life. Well, the appointment is just a bit of courtesy, Jason, that they really don't have to show you. They can come any time they want and, uh, I guess, uh, give you a snap inspection. And uh, if they're not happy with something, they can take your guns away for whatever little reason there is. And you've just uh, showed me before you had a, um, a guy who was uh, needed help from Main Mainstone Lawyers. Yeah. Um, yep. And, uh, you know, he had a, some crazy uncle that had absolutely nothing to do uh, with him. He just happened to be in his house and uh, the guns were stored properly. Um, they were under lock and key. Uh, the gun owner himself was the only one that had the access. Yeah. And uh, even then, the police took guns away from him. I mean, that's just yeah. ridiculous. You know yeah, what I mean? It was an issue with his uncle that he wasn't even involved in. Exactly. Because his uncle was in a home and had a mental illness. But because he went a bit silly at the front of the house... Uh, they said, well, okay, we'll give you a license back. They seized the guns, mind yeah. you, uh, three weeks after the In my the opinion, fact. Jace, it's a bit of an overreach, and, yeah. and, and this is the result of the firearms registry. I mean, you could just... Well, Mainstone actually represented him and yeah. uh, said uh, when they actually did after three months of giving yeah. him his license back, the, the, the restrictions were, well, your uncle can't 
uh, have access to the firearms, which he never did anyway. He, he never, never did even anyway. He had he them, yeah. right? And number two, you can't store those particular uh, the firearms at home. You must store them at the range. That's part of the licensing conditions. Mm. Uh, this person went and seen Stephen Mainstone from Mainstone Lawyers. Uh, he wrote to them, and uh, they subsequently uh, dropped those conditions because they knew, uh, once he told me the story, I knew they didn't have a leg to stand on. It yep. didn't sound right. And again, completely but ridiculous. But the sad thing is, Jason, is that you've got to go and spend your hard-earned money, waste your time and everything, you know what I mean, to, to prove your innocence, mm. to, to, to basically um, stand up for your rights. And the, there's just no accountability on the part of police. They can just do, do whatever what? they want. And if they, you know what, if they botch it up, oh, well, too bad. You know what I mean? You're the one who has to pay the price. But it's a good thing. It keeps these clowns in check. You know, every time, and I'm have since I, you guys know, I had the show with Stephen Mainston. I think it was episode 37. I'm going to be interviewing Stephen uh, again soon. Uh, the amount of people that have called me and I've referred to him has been uh, absolutely fantastic. Some interesting things I've heard about, and, and and some of the people that have come to see me that I've referred to Stephen, uh, he's had some great results. And again, we've got to keep these people on their toes. Uh, and unfortunately, we have to use we have to we have to use the law to keep this. Uh, uh, bureaucracy in check and uh, he's had some great results and uh, uh, this particular person we just discussed had a great result they dropped the conditions and uh, he was yeah. able to store his firearms back at home so fantastic uh, well, outcome. well well yeah absolutely Jason and I certainly hope that that little segment has uh, proven beyond doubt that the firearms registry is just not worth the time it is uh, something that should be abolished, uh, something that we should definitely fight for. And especially to all you law- young law-abiding gun owners, uh, try to understand that uh, this is not something that's in your best interest. Uh, it is certainly not something that's going to save your life or anyone else's. In fact, it's going to compromise your security. And uh, it's something that you should definitely be fighting to abolish. Uh, so anyway, Jason, uh, let's move on uh, to our next segment. And uh, as you as you well know, Jason, uh, I have been banging on about the Liberal Party. Not that I'm a big <laughs> fan of the Liberal Party, but I just think the that this government, that this government, uh, the Abbott government, uh, is uh, in a good position to be able to do something about the firearm laws. Obviously, um, their arms will have to be twisted on this, but we've got some representatives in federal government that uh, may do a very good job in trying to, I guess educate um the politicians out there who simply don't understand freedom and there's many of them jace there's many of them they don't understand freedom and uh i'm certainly hoping that uh, uh david lionholm and bob day uh will be able to do a good job in the upper house in federal parliament what we wanted to say too on this one is uh, some people seem to get confused and some shooters uh, we need to spell it out for people i guess uh, we never at any stage said we're voting for the Liberal Party. I wanted to sort of make no, that clear. No, absolutely not. But at the end of the day, these are the people that are in power right now. These are the people that can change these gun laws. Yep. The minor parties can't change the gun laws. Maybe they might get some agreements through, some more small amendments. But at the end of the day, Tony Abbott, meant he's the leader. Uh, he's the Prime Minister, and these are the guys that are only going to be able to change the laws. Yes, it was the uh, Liberal government that changed the laws, and uh, maybe Tony Abbott is there living in the shadow of John Howard. We don't know. Yep. But at the end of the day, we're saying write to them. We're not saying vote for them. You Just tell them you're voting for them. Who cares? We just write to them because these are the guys that can change the laws. It's that simple. So again, like I said, we're not voting for them. We're just telling you to write to them. That's exactly. all, plain and simple. Exactly. Now, Jason, the first bullet has been fired, I guess, uh, and it's uh, not going our way. 
I uh, I do recall uh, Dean Meal, the uh, SSAA National Branch President, uh, having um, good conversations with the uh, Federal Environment Minister, Greg Hunt. Uh, but this story is really disappointing me, and I'm really disappointed in the Environment Minister because he's clearly listening to the wrong people. Now, the um, Environment Minister has rejected a plan to let big game hunters shoot crocodiles in the country's tropical north, saying the scheme risks encouraging cruel and inhumane behaviour. I mean, this is just, uh, you know, so disappointing. And again, we're not talking about shooting crocodiles willy-nilly. No. This is the ones that uh, threaten uh, areas close to lands. And what was it, Mario? Getting big game hunters in, or hunters, at least hunters from overseas, being able yep. to come in and uh, remove uh, and pay quite a lot of money uh, to yep. remove these crocodiles at a cost that, again, will go back to the uh, local Aboriginal communities. That's right, Jason. I'll just read you a little bit of the story So, for those who don't, don't understand. Know, yep. See, under the proposal, 50 crocodile safaris a year were to be allowed in Northern Territory where the giant reptiles have become increasingly common since they were declared a protected species in 1971. So there's heaps of them out there, Jason, especially the big crocs that do uh, occasionally take people. So it's very dangerous. Environment. Yep. Minister uh, Greg Hunt said the federal government had considered allowing trophy hunts but did not believe they were appropriate. Oh, my God. My view is, <laughs> miss, this is Mr. Greg Hunt, is that there was a risk of cruel and inhumane treatment, he told reporters. That was, in my view, inappropriate. Yep. No, okay. No worries, Greg. Uh, backers of the plan, including the <laughs> Northern Territory government, I mean, this is the government, Jason, and NT government who want this, okay, argued that around 500 saltwater crocodiles a year are culled in the area anyway, so safaris would just be another way of killing them. And I mean, so, I mean this is how ridiculous ridiculous greg hunties i mean what's these the difference are, between this than shooting any other animal either oh, feral exactly. animals goats pigs deers foxes and to, rabbits. and to suggest that shooting an animal will encourage cruel and inhumane behavior i mean give me a break shooting an animal, animal is one of the most humane ways to kill an animal and these are crocs that are going to be culled by park rangers anyway and the northern territory government have a great opportunity to earn a bit of cash from this and to put it back into the local community, especially the Aboriginal community. And Greg Hunt has put the kibosh on it. Okay, so they also said that that hosting big uh, spending trophy hunters will provide a valuable source of income for the impoverished Aboriginal communities who live in the regions where where most crocodiles are found. The Northern Territory Government said the short-sighted and ill-informed decision to reject the plan squandered a chance to reduce welfare dependency in Indigenous communities. Crocodile safari hunting is a real opportunity for economic development and it would create wider tourism opportunities. NT Parks and Wildlife Minister Best Price said... Uh, so Greg Hunt has even ignored her. Uh, Greg Hunt is listening to the wrong people. He needs to listen to the people on the ground in, and in the bush. He has made the wrong decision, they say. Conservation groups um, had opposed the plan, saying allowing hunters to blast away the native wildlife will send the wrong message in an area heavily reliant on ecotourism. I mean, give me a break. Ecotourism, the crocs are going to get shot anyway. <laughs> why why can't ecotourism exist alongside of uh you know hunting tourism i can't understand this 
and it's an absolutely yeah, disastrous. We can decision. shoot them under the guise of uh, you know, national parks yeah. or whatever it may be. Uh, so as long as you don't know about it, it's it's actually okay. Oh, you know, but, as long as you're not enjoying yourself as a hunter, or, or that's as long great. as you're not paying you know? money, that will go back to the community. Oh, you know, Heaven forbid. I can't believe Greg Hunt has made this decision, Jason. He's taken so much money out of the hands of local Aboriginal communities, and this is where a government is saying, "Oh, we want to have a referendum to include." the Aboriginals in the Constitution. They want to give all, you know, they want to try and do as much as they can for Aboriginals, yet here they are with an opportunity to put money back into Aboriginal communities and they go, oh, no, we can't do it. I mean, give me a break. Like, what do they, they think cunt. they're going to do anyway? What They, they say we can't shoot them because it's cruel. How are they going to kill them? What, are they going to jump in the water with them, tackle them? Well, you know, because, you know, if you allow a big game hunter to shoot crocs, that's cruel, but allowing a park ranger to shoot crocs, oh, that's okay. You know, I mean, <laughs> is that is, is that less cruel? <laughs> you know what, Jason? <laughs> I really thought, and this is, you know what, this is a, a massive step backward and... After Dean Mill has has said in the uh, SSAA issue that he had very good conversations with the Environment Minister Greg Hunt, I thought all these silly decisions were behind us. But yet still, the government makes these pathetic decisions based on emotion, you know, and uh, and how some uh, in- special interest groups, I guess, feel about it. I wonder who it. had their uh, hand in that. I wonder which organisation or who he was listening to. Probably some people that you know aren't well, really uh, firearm supporters. Well, you know what, um, Greg Hunt, it's a disastrous decision, mate. And if you're listening, you know, this is a horrible decision. And I certainly hope for the benefit of the local communities and uh, Aboriginal communities up in Northern Territory and and the Northern Territory government, I certainly hope uh, this decision gets turned around. All right, Mars has also got another uh, news article. This one I found quite yep. interesting, Mario. Tell them about uh, what, a US gun control person that was caught for basically running guns. Okay, Jason, I wanted to tackle another issue which is uh, very closely ring- linked to registration. Now, I know I've been banging on a lot about registration, but people need to know this. This is a very serious issue. Now, for those of you who haven't heard this story from the Sydney Morning Herald, okay, uh, anger as number of criminals recruited to New South Wales police increases. And this is basically a story that um, some people have got from the Freedom of Information Act uh, that basically illustrate that one in 40 New South Wales police officers discovered to have a criminal past criminal conviction. And uh, they're employed as police officers. So, you know what, uh, and I think uh, Andrew Scipioni was... Um, the police commissioner was interviewed on ABC regarding this, and the, and the story goes like this, Jace. New South Wales police recruited criminals who had notched up 414 convictions before they entered the force, including 40 cases of stealing, 20 cases of break and enter and steal, and more than 100 drink-driving offences, plus fraud and dishonesty. Figures obtained under freedom of information laws reveal that 595 offences were committed by 400 and. 37 police officers, can you believe this, Chase? Or about <laughs> 1 in 40 police still on active duty. Of those offences, 70% were committed before they were employed as police officers. These figures put pressure on Police Commissioner Andrew Scipioni, who has said that most convictions by serving officers were for lower-range drink driving and similar offences. Um, former police officer Richard McDonald, who obtained the figures, said it was just unfathomable uh, you can let police in who have convictions for serious offences, including fraud, break-and-enter, drug offences, and even firearms, Jason. I mean, can you believe this? I mean, these are the people that are coming to your house 
to inspect your guns and to invade your privacy and you know have a look around your house. He said the number of police with conviction has risen almost 250% since 2008, although police numbers had uh, only increased 6%. Of the 260 drink-driving offences recorded by police, including those by senior officers on the force and those committed by pre-employment, 202 were medium or high range. Now, Jason... Andrew Scipioni, I do remember he was on ABC interview, and he basically said that you know that some of these uh, police officers uh, pretty much took the New South Wales police, I think, to court under anti-discrimination laws. Uh, so you know, apparently, police can't discriminate against you if you've uh, uh, been a criminal crimes. if you've been a criminal in the past. And I find that absolutely crazy. I can't believe that the police are not allowed to discriminate against people who have committed crimes in the past. They, of course, they should be allowed to discriminate. I mean, they're they're an employer. We, the taxpayer, and employer. Do we want uh, us, the taxpayer, to? Um, I guess. But they're reformed. They're reformed oh, criminals. Of course. Well, you know. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, Jason. <laughs> in regards to the drink driving ones, you know, I can't be too hard on them. But some of these guys have been done for fraud, firearm offences, dishonesty, dishonesty. I mean, how are these people allowed to walk the streets, to carry guns, to make arrests, to walk in your house, to inspect your firearms? I mean, this is what's going on, guys. And, you know, people need to know this. And this is a fair income story. And uh, if you haven't uh, seen the interview with Andrew Andrew Scipioni, uh, have a look at it on ABC. I'm pretty sure it's still there on the website. Yeah. But yeah, so very scary stuff, and you know the firearm registry combines uh, combines this story, and uh, it pretty much shows you the, the sort of people that you are likely to get coming into your home. Exactly. This goes into the uh, next one. Before we finish off, yep. uh, this is an American. I just found this quite interesting. An anti-gun person, yep. uh, in if I'm correct, California, uh, caught for uh, running firearms. So tell us about that one. It's a very interesting one, this one. Yeah, unbelievable, Jason. And this is probably going to be a very long straight shooting podcast, guys. So we do apologize for that. But there has been so much news lately. Uh, both locally and international, uh, that is just so much to digest. And anyway, this is a Californian uh, senator, a Democrat, Senator Leland Yee, who's charged with gun running. And this was one of the anti-gun senators who was constantly pushing his anti-gun message, charged with gun running. Absolutely unbelievable hypocrisy, Jason. (laughs) Okay, so here we go. uh, and they say that uh, Californian State Senator Leland Yee has been charged with, in addition to bribery and public uh, cor- corruption and gun running, specifically specifically conspiring with known organized crime lord Kwok Chung, otherwise known as Shrimp Boy. <laughs> uh, to- <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on. Well, well, that's, well his, that's his nickname, this uh, organized crime lord, well, Shrimp, Shrimp Boy. <laughs> yeah. Was it Shrimp Boy? Oh, I don't know. Oh, I keep going. Sorry, that's hilarious. I'm sure it's not a reference to his appendage, but anyway. Um, <laughs> okay, so he's been charged with illegally importing firearms to sell them without a license. The affidavit charges uh, that are $2 million worth of weapons to have been secreted into the country from Philippines, including rocket launchers, oh my God, and machine guns, <laughs> some of which Yi himself has fired 
Um, you know, uh, while on Mindanda, which I'm, I'm assuming it's a place in uh, California, a portion of the weapons ye conspired to bring into the U.S. through New Jersey will have been uh, have been forwarded onto North Africa via Sicily. So he's obviously supplying guns to, I guess, some sort of, um, I guess, criminals or jihadists or something like that. And yeah. uh, and really, Jason, unbelievable hypocrisy, an anti-gun Democrat senator in United States caught with such, uh, you know, unbelievable crimes, really. They're just unbelievable. And uh, it just shows you uh, the I hypocrisy guess. of the anti-gun mob. And one of the one of the sayings, Jason, too, is that, you know, the more guns, the, the more laws they want to inflict on people, the dirtier they are. And here you go, proof of that, 100%. See, the interesting part about that is, you know, also, too, why what's the best way to look like that you're not running guns is to be an anti-gun. Exactly. I mean, it's almost unbelievable. But what better way to go under the radar than being massively anti-gun than caught uh, running guns well, you know, well, across Jason, the borders? Well, Jason, I would suggest that uh, a lot of these anti-gun uh, people have got a lot of closets hiding a lot of skeletons i should say hiding in the closet yeah and uh and they just haven't been found out yet but this is what's going on uh, around the world and it's just absolutely unbelievable also the greens in canada jace just on the story just relating to that the greens in canada elizabeth may these are the Greens Party in Canada. Yeah. They basically said after um, the proposed uh, banning of a particular firearm in Canada, the um, as you know, the... What was it, like a rifle, I think it yeah. was? It was a rifle. They weren't <laughs> going to compensate back, but yep. That, that's right. They, they wanted to basically ban this uh, uh, gun from uh, Canadian gun owners without any compensation or anything. The Greens come out and they said, uh, Greens believe that responsible citizens pursuing legal activities with firearms or to be free from the threat of criminalization uh, and that firearms regulations should be clear and straightforward. The reclassification of any legal firearm to prohibit a status needs to be backed up with justification and the reasons for pro- prohibition made clear and, and, and public. So the Greens were sort of supporting the pro-gun people in Canada, but then later... Uh, the Greens Party MPs said that their basically uh, their policy is to ban handguns and combat weapons, including semi-automatic rifles and assault rifles, eliminate their use uh, through uh, consultation and a full buyback program. Consult especially with uh, holders of collections to ensure guns are rendered non-functional. Basically, Jason completely going back on um, what, they've said. what they said earlier and just adding to the hypocrisy of the gun grabbers. Exactly. Oh, that's uh, Mars powering through some awesome uh, news articles there. So we thank him for that, for getting all that stuff together. So very interesting stuff. Mario, we also know the, I think it was in um, Indianapolis, there was the NRA convention, which we did discuss a little bit at the start. Again, which some people have criticized putting us too much on Facebook. But again, we wanted to push forward and what get you guys to watch some of the speeches. So what did they say about that? Absolutely. So get, uh, log on to online, guys, and uh, have a look at the YouTube, YouTube. page yep. for NRA and have a look at some of the speeches, very powerful speeches. And they really are inspiring. And I must say, yeah. uh, Sarah Palin said something that was really, really good. And I mean, a lot of people pay out on Sarah Palin and uh, they say oh you know she's silly she's a ditzy airhead and all that stuff but you know what her heart's in the right place I believe and uh, she says some good stuff every now and then and she basically said at the at the conference uh, when you control the oil and this, I quote when you con- control the oil you control the economy when you control the money supply you control commerce and when you control the arms you control the people and that's basically 
what's going on in the United States and um, their government can't control the people. And, and that is a They're good trying. thing. They're trying. That is a good thing because the people will remain free. But that is why all this gun control is coming up. It's got nothing to do with public safety. It's got nothing to do with... Um, you know, uh, creating a safer environment of any kind. It's all about people control. And uh, the Americans want to establish that. And uh, just like, you know, the government controls us here, really, um, we really don't have much say in, in firearm laws at all. We're at, the, we're at, we're at the, I guess, at the whim of the government. And uh, Sarah Palin here has nailed it. She's nailed it. And it's absolutely 100% correct. And good on you, Sarah Palin. And these are all great speeches. There's very... Uh, prominent politicians at this rally and i urge you guys to log on and uh, have a look at uh, the nra convention 2014 in indianapolis all right what about we've got some sporting shooters association of australian news yep. regarding uh what is it the sydney branch one of their is it an annual general meeting or what is it that's right very big event guys uh okay this is the agm the annual annual general meeting for the Sydney branch for the SSAA. Now, uh, the president of the Sydney branch, James Walsh, he's doing some excellent work and uh, we support him fully and please look forward very soon to an interview that Jason will be doing with James Walsh and uh, where he will disclose a lot of the things that are in the works for the SSAA in the future and I'm very excited by this and I certainly hope that all you SSAA members get to the AGM which will be held at um, uh, the Canada Bay Club in the auditorium on Wednesday, 21st of May, commencing okay. at 7.30. So please don't forget that. You can get those details at ssaasydneyoneword.net. Get all the information there, guys. Uh, please go there, support James Walsh in what he's doing. There will be voting going on for uh, new committee members, and we need to make sure we put the right committee members How in place. How important is it to vote for James Walsh? Oh, absolutely. I mean, this guy, uh, look, and just like to remind everyone, Jason, all these people do this on a volunteer basis. You know, it's a lot of hard work. Now, Jason, we've been putting a lot of crap on the SSAA recently, basically because of their apathetic approach to our gun laws. And, you know, a lot of that criticism has been well-deserved. And uh, we all want to see the SSAA be the organization that we wish it can be, uh, the pro-gun lobby organization that it should be. And one of the ways we're going to do this is basically turn up to your meetings, guys. Uh, be passionate about it. Put the right people in place, people that are going to put the organization forward. James Walsh, I believe, is one of those people. He's, got, he's, he's a really great guy. He's got a good head on, head on his shoulders. He understands freedom. He understands the issues surrounding law-abiding firearm owners uh, in New South Wales and in the country. And we definitely need to turn up and uh, really support him at the AGM, which will be, like I said before, Wednesday, 21st of May 2014 in the auditorium of the Canada Bay Club. Uh, please come down. I think they're going to have a barbecue and there'll be drinks. Uh, it'll be a great time, great opportunity for you to meet, meet like-minded people. And uh, please turn up and support James Walsh with all the things that he wants to do for the organisation, Jason. All right, good stuff, Mars. So again, keeping uh, an ear out for another episode of the Australian Hunting Podcast, interviewing 
double S double A president, uh, James Walsh. Yeah, Sydney branch president. Yeah, Sydney branch president. So look out for that. Uh, jump on the website again. Subscribe. Do a subscription, guys. Donate or helps. A little bit of extra cash to help us out. You know, it's getting a bit cold now in wintertime. I need to buy some blankets and you know some pillows <laughs> and keep us keep us warm in this place when we're recording this show. But but seriously though, you know, it does help out. It helps us buy more equipment Absolutely. like we do for this show, uh, microphones and stuff. So donate, subscribe. Couple of bucks a month's not going to hurt. Uh, and that's another episode uh, of the Straight Shooting Podcast. Yes, as Jason, always. just like yes, that too, on. Jason. That You're uh, killing please, me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, we can never we can never talk enough, Jason, and uh, we've got so many things to discuss. And I just want to tell you guys out there, please stay tuned. We will be doing more things with the Shooters Union in Queensland. Uh, they've been doing some great stuff. Uh, they're affiliated with the NRA, and uh, we'll be definitely bringing you more interviews and information about Shooters Union Queensland. So go ahead, Jace. That's it. So that's another finished episode. We're signing off uh, of the Straight Shooting Podcast. As always, I am Jason Selms. And I'm Mario Vlepko. See you next time. You're listening to the Straight Shooting Podcast here on the AHB Digital Radio Network. As always, thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.